The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James. Today, we're talking with a special guest, Alicia, from Walt Disney World News Today. We're talking all about Lorcana. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome to another week. Last week, we were able to reveal our own card for set two, which was incredible. It was such an honor of a lifetime. And we talked about um, casual versus competitive play. So if you haven't had a chance to listen, make sure to go back and catch that. Today, we are super excited to be joined by a friend of the show, Alicia, the popular website, Walt Disney World News Today. How's it going? I'm going great. How are you guys doing? Good. Super excited to have you on here. Yep, we're doing great. Uh, so, well, let's just jump into talking about stuff. So looking through your your history on the the website, it appears that uh, you are a fellow park enthusiast, which I am as well. Uh, when did your love of Disney start? And is that what led you into the love of theme parks? Ooh, super good question. So I grew up a native Floridian. Uh, my first visit to Magic Kingdom was uh, when I was three months old. So I don't even remember it. Uh, I grew up an annual pass holder and Disney for me was two and a half hours away. Um, when I went to college, I went to college on the back lot of Universal Studios in Orlando. So for me, like loving theme parks was just like, oh yeah, Disney's in my backyard. I go all the time. Like, and then going and being at Universal, we rode the mummy every day over lunch. So it was like, I love Disney. I'm a Disney girl. I love Halloween Horror Nights, love the spooky stuff. So like, for me, it's just, I love all the theme parks and like one of my biggest goals I would say is that I'm trying to visit all the Disney parks before I'm 30. So I'm at three out of six. Uh, We're looking to do Paris next year. And then the sticky ones will be China because I have no want to go to China. So we'll see how that turns out. (laughs) Yeah, I hear I have have some friends who are fellow park enthusiasts, and I think they have been to every park now. (sighs) And they're there. I don't know if you've seen, but there are people who like try and hit multiple parks in one day. Oh, yeah. 
I don't know if you guys were following there was like this guy I think he was on like Instagram and Twitter and a bunch of stuff but he went to not just every castle park which is like normally what everyone's goal is he did every park so we're talking like the studios park at Paris and stuff and he would just get off a flight go to a park go to all the parks get on a flight go and next and I was just like I don't know how you do it hey so much money that I do not have but also like the time and the commitment and the jet lag like good for that guy <laughs> Yes, much more casual part going for, for yes. us. Yes, <laughs> So here I am. I grew up in Idaho, and I was lucky enough to go to Disneyland twice as a kid. Aww. So hearing you guys talk about, you know, you went to, Dis- to Disney World when you were three months old, I am so jealous. <laughs> as a kid, I always said that my goal in life when I retire is to retire in Los Angeles so I could just go to Disneyland every day. Oh. That sounds like a good retirement, honestly. I, really, I, I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> there there are worse ways. Oh, absolutely. Great, great weather, theme parks. Although yeah. I would say maybe not LA, maybe maybe San Diego. Orange County. Yeah, I like San Diego. San Diego. San Diego is like all the all the benefits of a big city, but it doesn't feel like a big city. So after just spending like 10 days in LA, I can definitely say LA isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> all the people well, in LA are like, what? I know. Sorry, guys. It's just your city is like really dirty. Like I, I, and it's not shade. It's just, that's how it is. And like, I live in Minneapolis and like our city has had its fair share of issues, I would say, but like, yeah, I get it. So did your love of the parks and Disney start at the same time? Cause they were just kind of like one in the same experience. Yeah, Yeah. I would say it's like just so intertwined and like some of my best memories growing up especially like happened at the parks like I celebrated my birthday there I can like I had a family member pass away when I was 18 some of my like most treasured memories that I have of that person are from when we were at the parks Mm -hmm. together so it just it's, it's so deeply connected to me. There really is like a sense of magic and wonder going to those parks and I wasn't sure what it was like, you know, with you being able to go all the time, if it retained that sense of magic and wonder, but it sounds like it did. I think it does. And I have been lucky enough. My significant other um, hadn't been to Disney since he was like six. So getting to bring him now as an adult, because obviously I'm making him go to all the parks with me. And like, it's been really fun kind of watching someone else get that wonder and joy. When we were watching World of Color, he like turned to me at the end. He was like, I get it like this I understand everything now and like I was I was a little sad that it wasn't happily ever after that did it because that always makes me cry I was like you know what if World of Color is what made it happen that's fine (laughs) (laughs) that's a goosebump moment it is oh man the tears oh so many tears (laughs) so I don't know if I've shared this with anybody um, but back when I was in grad school 12 years ago that sounds that makes me sound ancient Um, I was obsessed with Walt Disney World News today. Like I went to that website every single day. I kid you not. I even applied to write for there, but obviously didn't work out. So tell us how you came to be associated with Walt Disney World News today and what exactly is it that you do? So fun fact, and this is one that isn't super commonly known. It's just WDW News Today. Uh, So all of our sister sites like DLNT, UPNT, those are like Universal Parks News Today, Disneyland News Today, WW News Today is just 
WDW news today. It's not Walt Disney World news today. We have still people in staff meetings who will say Walt Disney World news today. And Tom Corliss will unmute himself and be like, it's just WDW news today. So <laughs> what is the, so funny. What does it stand for then? It's just WDW news today. Oh. That's, that's us. And yeah. it just coincidentally happens to be the same initials as Walt Disney World. Okay. Just a little coincidental. Yeah, I can totally understand why people get confused. I even made the same mistake before I got hired there. Um, or And when I was hired there, still hired there. Um, but I started there, I think it was seven years ago at this point, which is such a long time. Um, and it was a random like Facebook post, which is how we get most of our applicants, honestly, because whenever we have openings, we'll just post it on social media and say, hey, apply. And I kind of thought like, well, I had just gotten hired because I work in the art industry. Artists don't make a ton of money. Shocker, I know. It's like not a saying or anything. Um, and I was like, well, extra money, get to talk about like Disney. And it wasn't, it was remote. Obviously, I wasn't living in Florida anymore. And it was just kind of like you could work at your own pace. And I was just like, sounds great. And I did my interview with Jason and I showed up in many years and he was like, well, this girl's hired because she's crazy. Fits right in with the rest of us. Um, and I, that's been it ever since. I've had a bunch of different roles at the company over the years, but I got hired on initially as a writer. So that's an interview tip is uh, wear your Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse ears oh, for yeah. the interview. Always. Bonus points <laughs> instantly. So what's it like working at a place like that? I mean, you just cover all things Disney. Well, I mean, I understand you also do like Universal. Yeah. But what what's it like working in that type of job? It's chaotic. It's, it, I mean, we are at our core and we always try to remind ourselves of this. We are a new site and we try to hold ourselves to the standards of journalism we try to be accurate in our reporting. We try not to to take sides. Um, we try not to have bias, obviously, because um, at the end of the day, that's what kind of makes our site stand out more, or that's what we try to think. Um, but yeah, it's busy. It's it's always busy. We have so many different departments, so many different employees. We've got people working on our app. We have people working on our merch store. We've got reporters on both coasts. We have people in Tokyo. The writing team is going nonstop from six o'clock in the morning to like midnight. Um, obviously, we have a bunch of writers on staff. It's not the same person working, but like once we start publishing in the day, we don't stop. And then you have to break for news. I know even today they had to stop because the earnings call with uh, Iger was happening. Meanwhile, at the same time, we're trying to do a festival holidays at Disneyland, which was like at the same time. And it's just like you kind of spread yourself thin throughout the day, but it all gets done at the end of the day, but it, I like that really busy, chaotic pace. So for me, it's great where it's just kind of like everything's on fire. Just tackle one thing at a time and you'll get through it. So you mentioned the, uh, the Disney holiday events, uh, your posts are mainly about seasonal events, uh, at the parks like that. Uh, how did you kind of become that, uh, liaison, you know, since you're doing all this stuff, how did you become, uh, WW, news today and Lorcana. how do you how do you connect those when you're doing all these seasonal events at the parks <laughs> so um it's a fun fun question so initially like I said I was hired on as a writer and then I kind of bounced around a bunch of different jobs and started doing editor-in-chief stuff and I was just like I can't, like mentally like 
props to our editor-in-chief Katie and then Brittany is also one of our girls they're phenomenal they have such a mental fortitude that I don't have where I was like I I can't be up and working on news 10 hours a day it just it, it breaks something inside of you or at least it did for me it didn't help that it was during COVID yeah. that I was doing this <laughs> didn't you just, just say just you like, love the chaos I do love the chaos but like running a publishing schedule is like insane and you have to know all this stuff about like the best times to like post things and like clicks and like tracking all of that it's just not my thing I was like I need to just write so I stepped back from editing and I was like all right well I'm a senior at this point I've kind of have you know I could do whatever job in the company that I wanted it really wasn't like a question at that point so I was like I'm gonna work on stuff that makes me happy I love all of the special events. I love Halloween. I love Christmas. I love, you know, the the food festivals and stuff that go around on Epcot and, and Disneyland. So it was just kind of like, I'm going to work on that stuff. And it, it's fun for me and it's helpful for the company because then we're not having to spend time with writers working overtime. Uh, they don't have to work on like in, in preparation for getting all these events done. I can just be the one to sit there and do it. And then at the end, you know, I'm just like, here's everything that we need to go buy here's all the reviews you guys need to write, move on. Uh, so I really like that. It's super like organizational, which I like. And I I always go down for the food festivals anyway. So it's like, I get a sneak peek at what I'm going to be doing. Um, so then when Lorcana came out, since I was already doing kind of all of this like extra stuff, I was like, I went out to Tom, who's like I said, our boss, Tom Corliss. And I was like, I want to start doing stuff with this. And he was like, I don't care. He's like, is it going to cost me money? And I was like, no. And he was like, go have fun. I don't care. And I was like, cool. And so I had already played a bunch of card games before. And we had like kind of done some stuff with Ravensburger. Um, we had worked with them a little bit when Villainous came out. Um, we were able to get a couple expansions from them. And I was just covering it because I like board games and I'm a nerd. And it was Disney. So I was like, well, this fits. So then obviously when Lorcana came out, I was like, we're doing this. So we got a press pass uh, for Gen Con and we just hit the ground running. Uh, we had two of our other coworkers come out there with us and it was just like Lorcana content as much as we could do. And that was the start of it. That's like the perfect segue because I wanted to ask you about Gen Con. Um, and, and I saw that you shared a post where you were at Gen Con, where you shared a learn to play video, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at Gen Con too. It was it, it was crazy. It was, it was such it was an time. experience. Um, <laughs> we all know what a debacle the first day of Gen Con was, but in hindsight, what was your take-home message from Gen Con about Lorcana? Like, we all kind of knew that it was going to be a big deal, but what was your impression coming away from the convention? I, I still struggle with this a little bit because I still, I we had such a negative experience, and I, I don't want to fault Ravensburger or Gen Con because at the end of the day, we don't know who said what to make the situation happen. And I don't want to harp on that anymore. What I can say from my experience was that one of my coworkers got hurt and that's not a fun situation to be in. She got, she's tinier than me. I'm five, four. This girl's like five, two. Um, she got slammed into a door. Her glasses got knocked off. The wind got knocked out of her. They had to make an incident report and the Gen Con staff that said she was like number four of the day to make one. And this was like 10 o'clock in the morning. So, I mean, that's not a fun situation to be in by any means. Um, so that that leaves a better taste in your mouth. Um, I've been to other Gen Cons before that I thought were run 
better than that situation. Um, I will say that Ravensburger the next day turned it around, right? They they saw what the issue was. They said, hey, we're going to have the pre-ordered line. They came out the next morning with like the food and like the coffee and stuff, the orange juice, making sure that, you know, people were, were staying hydrated, you know, had like the electrolytes and stuff. Um, and I, I, I think if they hadn't done that, this would be a very different conversation. But they they turned it around and we can see that even now, I think they're still listening to people. Reprints weren't going to happen until early next year. Reprints are happening now. I know my, my significant other just got back from a store and had packs. We haven't had packs and since August, I think, maybe September when the game hard launched. So I, I think they're listening to people and I think we just need to be patient. I do think that they botched it a little bit with the numbers. I think they should have been paying attention more online and seeing the hype for this. D23 should have been a tip off, but I guess it wasn't. But the only thing we can do is watch it go forward. If we're still having these issues by step four, then that's definitely a different conversation. But right now, I think we just need to wait and see that they are making, you know, steps to kind of rectify situations. And that's a good thing in my book. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, been refreshing to see that they seem to be paying attention to the community and what's going on. And like you said, it's it's no easy task to acquire printing time to no. get this reprint out sooner than expected. And the fact that they were able to move it up a whole two or three months early, I don't think people just really appreciate what a miracle that is. Well, and the money that they had to put in to make that happen as well, because this like printers aren't cheap. And to expedite that by two or three months, I mean, they had to have been paying a ton to make that happen. So we have to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and the 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 missteps that have happened have been like the the key big moments. So they're mm -hmm. so easy to see, you know, the, yeah. the the Gen Con opening day, the the problems there. Everybody saw it. And then the 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 lack of product everywhere and the fact that prices skyrocketed. Everybody mm -hmm. can see that. So, yeah. you know, as long as they are as you said they are listening, watching, and making changes as we go forward. That's all we can expect of them. Obviously, we all would have wanted things to have run better from the start, but they're, they're, it's, the, it's a new game for them, you know? Yep. And so we just want to see, we want to see them listening and see them making changes to to make things better. And that that's everything that we've been seeing is that what they're doing. And now how long it takes, and like you said, if set four is, you know, if we're repeating ourselves at set four, then yes, there's issues because that's yeah. a year away. Yeah. <laughs> um, almost a year away. So yeah, I, I said, I said, I think I said the exact same thing to my wife just like an hour ago. <laughs> and if it's not, if it's not happening by set four, then I mean, everything should be running smoother by set four. That's, oh, it has that's, to be. <laughs> that's like the timeline we have in our heads of, okay, knowing how long it takes in advance to print things and all that kind of stuff. And that's when that's like in, in my head, it's like, that's the timeline. And it's nice to see that that's what a lot of people are thinking. It's like, okay, it's going to get better. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too, right. Is that negative press is always going to make good press, not for the company, obviously, but as far as, you know, people on social media, those stories make headlines and people run with it and some of it gets sensationalized and, that's just the nature of, you know, the world. It, they're going to look at the negative stuff and be like, look at this one thing they're doing wrong and not see the five other good things that they're doing. That's just human nature. Like making a really fun game? 
<laughs> exactly. I love the game. So, yeah. I mean. <laughs> exactly. So, so speaking of Lorcana and the things you, uh, you know, about the, about Lorcana for you and why you wanted to become the Lorcana person, uh, how did you first hear about the game? And you said you played a lot of games, but did you have prior trading card game experience? I had an extensive trading card game uh, experience. So like any, uh, I went to school for video games. So like any good video game nerd, I uh, started in college by playing Hearthstone. I think we spent like every lunch break playing Hearthstone against each other. Uh, and then from there, I moved into playing the Game of Thrones card game, second edition. Um, so that was uh, not a collectible card game. It was just like you bought like core sets and then you had the all the cards um, and I played that for probably about five years competitively and then uh, played a bunch of different ones. After Throne started to die, we moved into the Final Fantasy card game, uh, but I didn't really stick around with that one because I didn't necessarily like the IP. Nothing against Final Fantasy fans, it's just not my jam. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, sure, but not Final Fantasy. Um, and then I we tried Legends of the Five Rings when that dropped at Gen Con. That game was a hot mess. Uh, Star Wars Destiny, that game was great. FFG killed it uh, unrightfully. You pick all the winners, huh? I really do. <laughs> Here's to hope and Lorcana makes it further. Um, yeah, there's been a ton over the years, but this has been my favorite so far. Wait, I have to like back the train up here you said yeah. you went to school for video games is that like playing video games or designing <laughs> video games what what does that mean uh i went to school so i went to the digital animation and visual effects school and i did the video game track so i am a trained video game artist uh working in game engines uh animations modeling texturing rigging particle effects that's my that's my jam that is like the coolest thing ever <laughs> So that's my day job. And then my second job is working for WW News today. In all of my both? spare time. Yeah. Wow. I thought yeah. the WDW was a full-time thing. Yeah, it's it takes up a bunch of time. I my free time is essentially working at WW News today. And then what's left over is playing Lorcana, which works out great because I use Lorcana content for the site. So it just kind of like perpetuates itself. It's great. <laughs> They do say to get a job that is what you love to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then it doesn't right. feel like work. Yeah. I, I can sit and write for hours and like I'll look up and I'm like, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning. I should like go to bed now. And then I'm like, oh, I'll play a game on Pixel Board real quick. And then I'll go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you had said that Lorcana is the one that you've had the most fun with. What has kind of separated it from all those other games you mentioned? the Disney aspect of it, honestly. I, yeah, I think it just, it's saying to me, right? Like, it's like, in, in re like, looking at the game, it has obviously, like, some components that are unique to it, but it's not mechanics that we haven't seen in other games. Um, But the Disney aspect of it isn't something that we've seen in other games, and I really, really love it for that. Um, There are other aspects of other games I would like to see come into Lorcana, but I, I'm completely content with set one. I think it was like a really great introductory set for people who haven't played card games. And for me, as someone who has played a bunch, it was really easy to just slip right into it. And it was like, yeah, I got it. Let's go. I think I played like one or two games and I was like, all right, I got it. This is great. I mean, not only is the art like spot on um, for Disney animation, but even there was that article that released today, and I can't remember from which outlet exactly because we're just getting news so fast. But 
they were interviewing Steve Warner about the the songs. So it's a is the song article, and he said that you know, like he gave the example that they were watching Mulan for like research. I'm like, what kind of <laughs> job is that? I'm watching Disney movies for research. Yeah. He's like, when we were watching, I will make a man out of you. Like during that song, he's like, and it just hit us. This song card came with us. So not only is it the art, but I feel like a lot of times they capture the essence of Disney too. Like mm-hmm. Mother Gothel is going to come into the field with three damage, which is the perfect amount for Rapunzel to heal when she comes on board. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Stuff like that is just, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's it's details like that that makes us feel like a Disney game. Oh, I agree. And like all of the Flynn Rider stuff has been great. Like, I mean, the art with him in the background, like, having, like, the different noses, like, that's straight out of Tangled. And as someone who, like, watches all of the movies all of the time, like, it just, there's a little part of it that just makes your soul really happy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just so much fun seeing all the, the, not just pulling in the Disney visual, but the Disney themes and the Disney behind the scenes, you know, the little mm-hmm. little nods to thing and, and just being able to, I think we talked about this on a previous one, but just the fact that they they know Disney enough. And as you mentioned, watching Mulan for research, I like, okay, mm-hmm. great. I want that job. Um, <laughs> but just the fact that they know it so much and can put it into into a game that we can enjoy playing, it's it's just so awesome to see. Well, and like, I think one of the things that I appreciate so much that I just come to appreciate the more that I see it, the Dreamborn and the Floodborn cards, having the the mind to sit there and think, what does Belle want to be? What does Captain Hook want to be? What if we took their story and we twisted it completely? Like, I think that that's so genius. And like, that's the job that I want to like sit there and think of like all these different things that that they can do. I was recently at Disneyland and I had the Goofy card where he's like coming out of the cannon, you know, the evasive one. And so I was meeting with Goofy and I had the card with me and I was like, I just want to show you like how brave and how cool you are. And he just like looked at it and like the the joy in his face. And it was just like, this is the moment that I live for. This is great. I love it. Um, And not only to piggyback off what you guys said, that they're speaking to the story and the spirit of Disney, but they're also like weaving these webs of its own story so it's gonna have its own like lore and its own i mean we're gonna find out what the floodborne are all these things and that part has me intrigued as well yeah it's just like every aspect besides the negative stuff that we've already mentioned has just been so good yeah like we know that there's like the the ink water or something like 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 the steamboat mickey he's like driving down and like, you know like the flavor text is like something about like the ink water or like like he's driving in like the ink river and then you know like we can see how like some of the characters are like in the library and like their their backgrounds are connecting to each other and it's like what are they doing here together i want to know or like you can see like Minnie, and then i think it like i forget is it donald oh. the scuba divers and you can see them in each other's cards like what's going on i need to know <laughs> Yes, 100%. And we're not going to find out for probably months. I know. I was kind of <laughs> hoping. So, I mean, set two is coming out soon. I was hoping that there would be like, you know how when like right before set one came out, they released that little like minute long like animated mm-hmm. video. I'm hoping that they do something like that again. That would be yeah. really great. I, I, I think we've gotten, what is it, two of those so far? Yeah. So I hope we get one or two every set. That'd and be great. A lot of story to fill it in. 
with like the Twitter posts have been showing like little bits of little bits, very little bits of lore uh, with the the text that goes along with the card reveal in the last week or two. And, They're teasing uh, us. Yeah, it's yeah. just like just giving us a drip. <laughs> <laughs> the pen is leaking a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so you message like we've been talking in preparation of this podcast and one of the questions I was going to ask you is if you consider yourself more of a competitive or a casual player because you mentioned that you go to weekly Lorcan events talking to you it's pretty clear that you're probably a competitive player so uh, what draws you to the competitive aspect let's let's ask that question I don't I don't like to lose I don't know though there's just like some part of me that's just like you get a little bit of satisfaction winning um, I don't know if anybody likes to lose. <laughs> well, and I, I like I like to like win for like stakes, right? So like I love to gamble, and maybe that's like some sick part of me that's like likes the competitive part of it too. I like winning things, so it's like if you go to a shop and you can win a pack, like ooh, I like I had to collect the pins. I'm a big pin collector for Disney in general. When they came out with the Lorcana pins, I was like, oh, well, I have to have those. Uh, so I, I grinded. I went to like three shops like a week and then I was like, all right, I got them. We're good. Um, my significant other is like obsessed with that like weird lore counter for some reason. I don't know why. Whenever we go to pick prizes for things, like that's always the last one. And he's like, ooh, I get it. And it's like the pins, <laughs> man, the pins. Pat, Pat. Um, it's just, that's so funny. But yeah, no, I, I love I love the competitive side of it. I love going out and like meeting people too. Uh, we have a pretty good circuit here in, in Minneapolis and in Minnesota in general. And everyone's just been super nice. And even when you're playing competitively, the games feel lighthearted and fun, like a casual match. There's a lot of joking around going on, um, but a lot of like still critical thinking, which I think is a really good balance. So is your partner just as competitive as you? Yeah, he he and I like we always are like two one three zero oh, like we're always trying to beat each other like it I'll be he'll build a deck and then I'm like huh, my deck won't beat this so I go and build a new deck and then he was like oh well then I have to change my deck. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> so you mentioned how you're competitive and that the set is coming up soon. So with set two now when we're recording this like ten days away. Mm-hmm. how do you think the meta is going to shake up? Oh, man. I think Steel Song is still going to be there, especially with the songs that came out today. It's like they were like, you know what's good? Steel Song. You know what? We're going to make better Steel Song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I think that Emerald is going to get better. I, I say this all the time. I love Emerald, but you can't, you need something else to play with Emerald. Emerald isn't good by itself. It needs to have like a helper. And I feel like the cards that we're getting are going to help make Emerald a little bit more of a an alpha, if you will, as other as like a beta. Um, so I'm excited to see that. And I hate Steel, so I haven't been really looking at any of the Steel cards. Uh, but I know that it's good, and that just drives me crazy because I don't want to play that color. My baby is Sapphire. and Sapphire is great. Sapphire has the ramp thing going on which i really want to make work and you know that winnie the pooh was leaked today and there's been some stuff like uh down the rabbit hole that seems to buffer or seems to buff sapphire ramp strategy but i think i might lean more into the uh healing strategy with grandpappy 
grandpappy oh. and the jasmine and i don't know what i'm going to uh, pair it with yet i really like the amber pairing but that's that's what's so fun about Lorcana is like you can make pretty much any color combination work. It could be fun to pair it with Emerald for all the shenanigans it has. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like building decks for different purposes, right? Like what you build could be your competitive deck could be a completely different one that you're playing for multiplayer or draft or something. And I, I like the versatility in that. Um, I also like just breaking or playing decks that just like break the meta because I don't like playing the meta. Um that's just who I am I I really 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 want to play around with like the Madame Ben Merlin stuff as soon as I saw those cards coming out I was like this seems like a super fun mechanic that I want to try and mess with so do you think the games are going to get shorter like do you think the cards that have been introduced are going to make it so we don't have the ruby amethyst grind sessions it, it's so funny so right now I'm playing Ruby Emerald and my games take like 10 minutes um so I I play so at all of my shops and I'm sure probably the same for you guys 50 minute timer usually sometimes 40 45 uh for three games and so that's like our competitive set essentially for like one game and I get done with my matches in like 25 minutes, maybe 30 if something, if I go against, you know, like Ruby Amethyst or something. So then I'm sitting around and I'm just watching everyone else just like grind through those or like the mirror match for it. And I'm just like, I don't have that problem. So maybe the games will take longer. I don't think mine will <laughs> if I stick to what I'm doing. So it sounds like Emerald is the one that you have to use in order to keep the matches short. Oh, it's so because everything has such high lore. Yeah, it's just the two, the three, the, or or if you're playing like Cusco and Cheshire, they've got high lore, and you're banishing characters. Oh, it's just so good. It's nasty. Yeah, I've been I've been taking a lemon lime deck to my locals, and it's uh, t- it's served me well. And same thing, my matches are over with like 25 minutes left, and then we're just sitting there like, okay, what do we do now? Play yeah. another game. I haven't gone 3-0 yet, but I've <laughs> I've gone two and one both weeks. But both nice. the last two weeks. I I like to use that time to like chat with like my partner or something. Cause like Same. a lot of the people that I have met playing this game, I want to say there's maybe like five or six that I've met playing previous card games. But a lot of the people coming into this game are brand new card game players. So it's been really fun to meet new people. And like we have a couple of kids that come to ours and I like to see that and kind of watch like the next generation grow. It's not Pokemon that they're going to now. It's Lorcana, and I love that. Get some get some trading done if there's still some cards you might need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I still... I always I always oh. look at uh, Emerald as when we when we first saw it, it's like and started getting cards. We're like, oh, this is the card that this the the color you play if you want to mess with your opponent. Mm-hmm. And now with all the releases, it's like they said, well, now this is the card release where now we're going to mess with you because now you have to figure out how many uninkables you want in your deck and we're just going to make a million uninkables yeah and that's like a real problem I am like constantly tweaking my deck because I was I think at my highest I was at like 18 and I was like this is not sustainable like I'm running into too many ink problems so I think right now I'm down to 14 which then I'm like oh I miss having four of Cusco because I'm only running two and it's like this card's so good but I need to be able to ink something (laughs) it sucks the Lorcana players uh, deck builders dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> those those uninkables. Well, and then my partner uh, is playing uh 
what is it sapphire steel and he runs the the fishbone quill or whatever so he's like i don't care what my uninkable count is i could just use <laughs> this and ink whatever and i was like aren't you cool i can't do that <laughs> which set two card or cards are you most looking forward to running so definitely the meta and merlin stuff i also really want to play with the dwarves like you can't put out a combo that is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and not have me at least try and make it work. It just seems too fun. And like, if you got all of them at the same time, then their art connects. And like, that's just cute. They did such a good job. There has to be a way to make that work. There has to be. Has to be. I need it to work. Just like once. If I just got it to work once, I'd be like, all right, I did it. Next deck. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to figure a way to make that thing like ultra powerful. Oh, yeah. Is there like a single card where you're like, yeah, this is the card that I want to play? Like, I know you said Madame M and Merlin. Was there was there a single one of those that you were like, yeah, I want to give this a try? Or is there a single card like uh, Christopher Robin where you're like, that's a really cool car, uh, card. I want to give that a try. I think it's the big Madame M, which I think is uh, a disappointment considering she's legendary. Um so I, I'm hoping that I pull one. I, I don't want to resort to having to buy it. I want to pull it with my own hands and use it. But oh man, that card is what evasive as well as well as having the bounce back. Like that is nasty. Play that and it's amethyst too. So you could play that with the the um the Elsa. Oh that's like a combo that I want to do so bad. <laughs> Yeah, and you you would uh, and the Emerald Amethyst decks have been uh, pretty good, so you could keep they have, yeah. and play it with the Amethyst. That's true. I haven't played with that one too much. I think I'm I'm at a point right now where I'm like, set two is coming out soon enough. I'm not gonna switch up what I'm doing. Um, I'm just gonna wait it out and then get all my cards and then see what I can start building. So we we're lucky enough to get a couple of pre-orders. So here's to hoping that we pull some good stuff. Pre-orders for set two. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. I'm still I'm still homeless on the uh, set oh. two pre-orders. Oh no, no one My, around uh... you got allocations or? Okay, so here's the deal. Like most of the stores around me are tying it to if you play in their league, oh. which there was one the first six weeks I played at a certain store, but then I switched jobs and I wasn't able to go there. So I'm going to new place and they haven't said anything about set two mm. yet. So I'm hoping on Saturday, the day after this airs, they'll uh tell us what their plans are because they'll have to know they'll yeah. have to know what their plans are by then but Aww. it's either you have to be playing in their leagues or you have to go there on opening night and they're like you know people who come and play the tournament on november 17th will have a chance to buy a box well that's all fine and good but i'm gonna be out of town to like Ooh. a mini family thanksgiving that <laughs> that oh. weekend so ah that's it's just so like, unfortunate why? Why did it have to be that weekend? It should have been the weekend before. I do think it is a little weird that they were holding this so close to Thanksgiving, knowing that people are traveling. Um, I don't know what made them say it's that week versus like the week before, even the week after. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, I got super lucky. One of the shops that we go to, and we don't go super often, but one of the days we happen to be going there, they're like, we got our allocations. We're letting everyone pre-order, but you have to be here today. 
and then we're gonna put up like the rest of them online tonight and by the end of the night they only had like two and they went up online and they were gone instantly i think we hadn't even left the parking lot and they were like gone so so lucky (laughs) we it was a stroke of luck that we went there that day we're normally busy on wednesdays we happened to go there and we were like wow someone was looking out for us today the lorcana (laughs) gods were were shining upon us same exact thing great really yep yeah i got i i've been going to how many different shops have I gone to since the opening? Uh, one, two, three, four, I think five different shops, maybe six now. And one of them that I'd been to for a few weeks and then couldn't go for a few weeks, I went back again a couple of weeks ago. And the night I went back, they were handing out at the end of the at the end of the tournament, they handed out papers that said, okay, fill this out for what you would like to pre-order if we get quantities. Wow. And I, I mean, it's just like one of each. Yeah. But it's still, it's something. Yeah. And Art, so. Ours did a bundle. So it's, you get a box and then the two starter decks and then sleeves. The the play mats weren't included. So I'm going to have to go hunting for my Winnie the Pooh play mat. But I will have that play mat if it's over my dead body because he needs to be hanging in my office. He's too cute. It has to happen. I'm going to have to buy two of the Winnie the Poohs because I want to play with one and they're yeah. it's getting put away because I've been putting away one of everything. Okay. And just because I want to have a collection yeah. to go with all of my cards that I open and, uh, you know, the, the Winnie the Pooh one is going to get an extra one bought if I can find them Yeah. and, and open it up and play with it. And it's going to replace my custom that I made that I've been playing with for months now. Ooh. So, an yeah. Upgrade or yeah. A downgrade. All right. So uh, getting back to things that have been coming up in the future uh, recently in the uh, the announcement they made a couple weeks ago, Robinsberger announced that in January they would make they they announced the announcement of January. They're going to announce organized play plans and the information about events for casual fans, the fan events. Uh, What do you hope those events are going to look like? It has to be a tournament at Disney, right? Like, it has to be. I I couldn't see them doing anything. I mean, obviously, so actually, here's what I I truly think. So in Final Fantasy, they have this thing called Crystal Cups. And basically, you play in one and you can qualify to your... It's either their Nationals or their Worlds. I don't remember. Um, But they're held all over the the U.S., essentially. So they have, like, one in Kansas City, one at Gen Con, uh, kind of, like, big plate bowl. Kansas City, I don't know how big it is, but they put one there. So I'm hoping that this is like a mo- like a, a model that Lorcana can take. Maybe they hold like ink cups. So they have one in Disneyland. They have one in Disney World. They have one at Gen Con. Maybe one at PAX Unplugged. Somewhere, you know, the last whatever big convention. or Maybe, maybe like one in Las city. Vegas. Maybe one in Las Vegas. Because Las Vegas is great. And like, they have Magic Con there, right? Or they do something Magic yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, they do Magic Con here. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's the perfect place for it. So that's my hope. I would love to see something like that. And then at the end, you qualify for, like I said, either their nationals or their worlds. And in my opinion, that also has to be held at a Disney park. I couldn't see where else it would be. Guess we'll have to wait and see. But that's my, my if I could put anything onto the universe, that's it right there. That'd be perfect. What what about yeah. the uh the casual events? Do you, what do you think those are going to be? Because I, I think they're going to actually keep those separate. 
okay. and not have them at the same time because they they basically made it sound like they were two different events. Interesting. I didn't I didn't catch that. Um, I mean, maybe casual events are like in the bigger cities. Then maybe they go like the every not every state because that's no one like North Dakota, South Dakota put those together. As a Minnesotan, I can say that. Um, but like maybe they have one in like a couple of the big cities, like in Florida, or you know, like we were saying, Las Vegas or California. And that's just kind of like a place where like people can go and just play together and it's not like a super stressful thing. Um, because the other thing you have to keep in mind is like stores aren't gonna stop holding their their casual events or their their tournaments or anything. So you have to be able to balance those two. Um, and make sure that they work in harmony and that you're not taking one away from the other. Because obviously Lurkana wants to keep a good relationship with the the game stores, considering that's how they're getting product out to a ton of their customers. I don't think that these would replace the uh, the store events. I think yeah. the way I picture it, and we talked about this last week, is it's almost like a D23, but for Lorcana, where you celebrate all things Lorcana, whether it's the artist, whether it's uh, like selling merch, it's doing like multiplayer, just super casual stuff, things like that. That'd be really cool. And also probably a lot more reasonable than trying to do it at D23 because we saw that that was a disaster when it came to handing out the cards. It's very clear that this needs to be separate because like D23 is its own monster, right? With like all of the movie stuff, the Marvel stuff, the the animation, the the parks panels, like there's a specific clientele that's going to that. And to try and be mushing Lorcana into it, which is also a specific clientele, they just need to be separate for the sake of like keeping the peace and like the Disney nerds happy and not getting one group in the way of the other. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've mentioned a few times already, but tell people a little bit. We want to talk about W. W-D-W-N-T. It's hard for me to say that now. Like, it just does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about W-D-W-N-T, how they can find it, and what types of content they can expect to find there. Because listening to you talk where you're like, we have people writing from 6 a.m. till midnight. It's like a constant flow. Today was Bob, you know, the earnings call with Bob Iger. We have all this stuff. So just tell us, tell us all about that. So we... You can find us first off on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all of the handle is WWNT. Uh, it's super easy. It's like five letters. Just put your W's and your, your T's in the right spot. And you'll find us. Uh, it's a little blue logo. Super easy. Uh, we also have a website, which is just WWNT.com, I believe. I should know that, but I don't. Pretty sure that's it. Um but on our blog, we have all of our, our recent posts. So it's, I think we publish like 30 to 35 posts a day, roughly. Um, so anything that we write, you can be found there. We'll post uh, perks content. We'll post like stuff from the audience calls. We'll post uh, movie and animation news. We post Larkana things. Um, anything that's in the realm of Disney, we post. Uh, we have people working standby on that all the time. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, so we'll post park updates in there. We've got a ton of podcasts that cover a bunch of different things. We've got one that they watch stuff on Disney Plus and they talk about it. it might be super old movies or it might be super new ones. Um, I got to talk about Muppets Mayhem and that was great because I love that show. Um, I have a Lorcana podcast, so I mean, like we've got like your brand of Disney. We have it. You just have to find us online. 
Okay, hold on. I did not realize you had your own Lorcana podcast. Yeah. Is it under the WDWNT? So if you go to WWNT TV, which is like our sister YouTube channel, you will find uh, this is kind of where we put like a lot of our um, our evergreen content, we like to call it. So it's not specific, like strict news related. We try to keep all of that to the main WWNT channel just for the sake of keeping news and like editorial stuff separate. Um, but if you go to this channel and it's like linked on like the main channel too, uh, and you go to the little Lorcana tab, you'll find, uh, I think like a Lorcana playlist and me and my co-host Ben Harris have our own podcast. We have four episodes out so far. Um, he's also the one that I filmed the Lord to play with at Gen Con. Uh, he's been around the website, I think longer than I have at this point. So it's been really fun to, to work together and we're both big game nerds. Uh, he's like a level two judge for magic. So like, I always have him talk about card rulings because I'm like, this is your realm now. That's that's his shtick. And then I just talk about how pretty all of the cards are. <laughs> uh, but but it's super fun. I love it. It's It's been a really great time. Awesome. That's fantastic. So I think it's time we move into the ending segments. So we're going to start it. We're going to kick off ending segments with Lorcana Lexicon, and we're today we're going to do Errata, which is what Errata is when they introduce a card, and further down the line, they have to change how this card interacts based on new game mechanics or just uh, the game design changing. And so, if the the actual text of the ability changes, the Errata. It's called an errata, and the old text will be listed, and the new text will be there. Yeah, it could also be even if they just missed a word, right? Yeah, I think right. that's what happened with the uh, with support. The keyword support, they forgot to include chosen character on most of them or all of them in the first set, and they wanted to make sure that uh, chosen was on there so that Ward could stop doing that. I don't know why you would pick someone else's character. Oh wait, you would be able to pick up someone else's character with support. I don't know, whatever. But um, they wanted to add Chosen, so every card that has support was eroded to add Chosen to the text. Um, and I think, actually, they're showing up in the reprint with that fix on them. So I think you're right. That'll yeah. be interesting to see. All right. Uh, so next up, we have some news, which uh, I think that's, that's right in, in uh, Leisha's wheelhouse here. Uh, but there really wasn't a whole lot of news except for card reveals, right? I mean, we had like a short leak of the starter decks, but we're not going to really talk about those because it's a leak, not an actual news item. Uh, so we just mentioned that it happened and move on. <laughs> yep. uh, there was something I actually wanted to talk about that I didn't realize until a couple of days ago. And I think that it's been there for a short, maybe a couple of weeks at least already. But did you know that when you're looking in the official Lorcana app, that if you're looking at an, on an, in an individual card, if there is errata or uh, questions about the card, there will be a little more information uh, text at the very bottom of the picture. And if you tap on that, it will go up and show you the errata to the card or the FAQ about it, like for Moana and the, the questions about if you you know, quest with Moana, does it mean all the princesses can't or because you didn't 
originally exert them. They can't anymore. Basically, it answers questions like that that they've put into the if you look on the website and resources, there's an FAQ document. And this is like attached to each individual card and the errata for things like support are all there. So you can actually look at each individual card whenever you see more information at the bottom you will actually be able to find out what about that card is changing or for a ruling or something like that. That's actually really great to know. This was a conversation that we had on our podcast the last time we filmed where we were, we knew that erratas were going to happen. I mean, that's just the nature of any card game. Stuff gets missed, stuff gets changed where they have to change it. Um, but we didn't understand how that was going to be communicated. When, you know, obviously like the new cards being printed, they mentioned they were going to have it, but we were like, what if you don't have those cards? What if you have the original ones like I do? Like, we don't get the errata then? I don't understand where I learned where this is. Super great to know that it's in the app. That is very handy. And I mean, everyone has that basically downloaded anyway. So if you don't have it, then someone at your shop should at least. Oh. Okay. And so next up, we have a tweet from, uh, what is it? How Kendall? Kendall Hale. Kendall, Kendall Hale? Yeah. Um, Kendall Hale. Okay. We have a tweet from Kendall Hale, uh, who uh, announced that uh, he will be at a uh, shop in Burbank, California, LA Sports Cards, for the release of Rise of the Floodborne on November 17th at noon, along with uh, artists Brian Weiss and Bill Robinson, and they'll be there signing for a few hours. And the main reason I wanted to announce this is because, well, two reasons. One, Kendall Hale is the artist on all the Dwarves cards. So you, if you want, if you're able to pull all, I mean, get a starter deck and I think you get most of them, but you can get the, what would you call, I mean, on a triptych is three pictures. What would you call a seven? Septic. Septic. (laughs) That can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, you would be able to get those signed. And also Jared, Brian Weiss, what did he he draw? Oh, you're making me sad. He he is the one who illustrated flounder right and the reason why i'm sad is because again this goes back to what i was saying earlier i'm going to be in idaho for an early thanksgiving and and if you were in vegas i mean could have called in sick and just driven the four hours oh i have the day off i totally could have gone could have gone i I, i'm hoping somebody somebody in la hears of your plight and is maybe going to be going anyway and takes the incredibly valuable flounder card out of their collection and gets one signed for you. Now, obviously that, that person should be me because I do live an hour away from Burbank, but I'm also possibly going to have to work that day. I don't know yet. And also I don't know if there's going to be any events that I'm going to be playing at, at that time. So I can't guarantee it'll be me, but if I decide to, um, catch a mysterious bug on that Friday morning and then there are no events until the evening there's a chance that I may just make my way up the freeway to Burbank there we go you'll take the 405 for a man that's <laughs> that's kind okay okay but I'm just imagining poor Brian he's sitting there signing cards maybe I don't know I've actually never talked to him so I don't know if he's even aware of the the flounder meme the flounder phenomenon so I'm just imagining him sitting there signing and all of a sudden all these people are going to be like, hey, uh, the team flounder guy who makes all the memes, he's not able to come. I want to get a card signed for him. Is that OK? Like, what if I get like 20 
flounder cards that are mailed to me. You could. I really could. Will will you be bummed about that? I would not be bummed about it. It would just be an interesting situation. I I think it may uh, cause uh, Mr. Weiss to uh, possibly look into who this Team Flounder guy is. And yeah, so get him on the pod. Yeah, I'm just thinking of all of the extra Fonda cards that I have sitting upstairs, which I'm pretty sure is probably like five that I could be mailing to Mr. Flounder (laughs) to Team Flounder. (laughs) It's awesome. Well, I already have like 10 foils and I sent two off to get graded. One's a 10, one's a nine. So those should be coming back soon. What a strong fish. Yep. That's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, for anyone who's in the LA area, uh, it's LA Sports Cards in Burbank, noon on November 17th. Three of the Lorcanas. And also, uh, Bill Robinson has done some really awesome cards as well. I mean, all three of them have done some amazing cards. So if you have a chance, take some first chapter cards, get them signed, and, uh, you know, say hi to uh, and tell them all about Team Flounder. That's right. Rep the fish. Rep the fish. Okay, so now, now the constant weekly argument of how many cards are we going to talk about? Because we can't talk about 39,000 cards that were revealed in the last seven days. But we also don't want to talk about one. Because there was a lot of good cards, right? There were. So maybe one or two from each ink. We'll go with that. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with the one that was just revealed today. Uh, It's in Amethyst. It's a four-cost uninkable. Peter Pan's Shadow not show not sewn on it has two strength and three willpower it has evasive and rush and two lore and the ability tiptoe your other characters with rush gain evasive and it's a super rare and i think with all these abilities i think there's a reason it's a super rare because this seems like it's going to be a really powerful card in amethyst to really help uh rafiki's and maui's and just really helping all those people who thought that they would try and be a little safer from Ruby Amethyst with all of that, uh, all that rush with their evasive characters. And we're like, Nope. It's a rich man's jetsam. Is it jetsam that grants us to flotsam? It's like them combined, right? One gives rush and one gives evasive. And then together they have evasive and rush. And uh, I was specifically thinking the ability where he says your other characters with rush gain evasive and one of them gives the other evasive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is pretty crazy. This is a pretty that's a, good card. That's a crazy card. Yeah. That with Maui will be nice considering Maui can't quest currently. Oh, I hate Maui. Well, I mean, with, I think another card that we're going to talk, oh, Shere Khan, right? Yeah. Uh, List. When, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about it. You can talk about it now. <laughs> we can, we can jump around. Okay, uh, let's talk about Sherecon. Let me just pull them up. So this was a card that was leaked from Germany, but it was officially, I mean, officially. Steve Warner wrote a little post about it on the Disney Lorcana site. So Sherecon oh, is three right. cost, inkable, ruby, menacing predator, three cost, or sorry, three strength, three willpower, uh, one lore. He's a rare, but the ability says, uh, don't insult my intelligence. Whenever one of your characters challenges another character, gain one lore. So this gives 
your rush characters like Rafiki and Maui the ability to gain lore and just doing what they're doing. Like you have Sheer Khan on the table, you throw Maui down, bam, one lore. Uh, if you have two Sheer Khans on the table, that's two lore. I mean, that's that's kind of crazy. And then the other thing that he also pointed out is if you combo this with like Taka or the Simba, who also gain a lore after banishing a character, it's like what Taka gives you one lore. So this would be two lore just from the Taka banishing somebody. That's a pretty good card. And, well, and, and I like that it starts to bring, like, I don't see Taka, at least in my circuit, it hasn't really been gotten, given, hasn't really had use. There's how we say words. Um, So it's really nice to see other cards start to bring them in to become more useful. Agreed. For sure. And I mean, it makes Aladdin, the heroic outlaw Aladdin, even more powerful. Love him. On a five lore swing instead of just a four lore. Mm-hmm. Amazing. All right, what uh, do you have a, a couple of cards picked? I have uh, the one that came out today, the Raya. So okay. six cost inkable Ruby. Uh, she is five willpower. I think that I always get these messed up. Willpower and defense, right? That's what it's called. Strength and then willpower. Strength and willpower. Thank you. I just call them attack and defense. <laughs> um, so she is a five strength, three willpower. Bloodborne hero princess. She has shift four. Um, quest for two lore. She's a super rare. And then uh, her ability is whenever this character challenges a damaged character, she takes no damage from the challenge. The reason that I love this is because I really want the princess deck to work. And this is going to be nasty in it with Moana. With her and then the the Mulan who gets like the plus one from like attacking and like banishing a character. And then this girl, ooh, princesses are getting more viable. <laughs> it is such a good ability take no damage when you banish i mean the one downside is she only has three uh willpower right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so the opponent can easily come back and swing into her and get rid of her or but smash, i mean if, but... if you have a yeah or smash but if you have a board where you can clear off their side like ugh, such a good card so good i mean this thing can take out maleficent dragon without as long as you've gotten pinged it with one or one damage somehow like maybe put out a tink and there's one damage sitting on it or even you have uh one of the new cards out that deals one damage when you're exerted or an item or an action and you're just like let me put one damage on that maleficent dragon and then send my and then play shift my raya in so she can attack immediately Mm -hmm. and go right into that maleficent because she's only got that dragon's only got five willpower it's just enough and you take no damage it's so good so good i mean it's very situational so it's not i don't think it's going to be like a mainstay yes. but i think it's going to be very good in the uses that people uh manage to figure out how to make it useful she's going in my princess deck i, I keep <laughs> saying this since day one i was like i'm gonna make it work we don't have all the cards to make it work yet that card will help hearing you talk i can see it coming together mm-hmm. <laughs> I try. I just want to manifest it. I just, because I love princesses so much. Like, I just, I want to be a Disney princess. So this is like the closest I'll get probably. So. <laughs> so uh, it seems like we're talking about a lot of the ones that they revealed in their article, daily articles they've been doing. Cause the next one I want to talk about is Emerald uh, Flynn Rider, his own biggest fan. Uh, f- another four cost uninkable, two strength, three willpower with four lore. 
is a floodborn, of course. Hero Prince, shift two. You can pay two to play this on top of another character named Flynn. He has evasive, which is awesome. And his ability, one last big score. This character gets negative one lore for each card in your opponent's hands. And so you're like, well, this is fitting right in with the new discard, all the discard abilities of the Emerald cards that we've seen revealed because you can just make your opponent discard and then, it, you know, shift this on down after you get rid of all the opponent's cards. And the, I don't know, for lore instantly is pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, I'm just going to have to wait to see how the discard um, strategy works out because currently, like, I don't know. It's very rare that your opponent has an empty hand. And I know green emerald has a ton of discard uh, cards coming in set too. So it's going to be a lot more likely to happen, especially if you have a bell hidden archer on the table. But, uh, right. but there's also another avenue because the other card I wanted to mention. Is sure, sure. I was going to talk about that one. You do it then. Why? <laughs> why is there another option? So wait, 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 real quick, because I do, I am nervous about this from the card draw aspect, because if you look at Amethyst, even with the current cards that they have in the first chapter with Cauldron and friends on the other side and the queen who you can tap to draw a card, they're not hurting for cards in Amethyst, which would then hurt your Flynn. So please someone educate me on how this could work. <laughs> I know. And even in this new set, like Sapphire, which has had no card draw, is getting plenty of card draw. Ruby's getting card draw. So it seems like a lot of the the inks are getting card draw. So I'm right there with you. I have to wait to see. That's why I said I'm gonna have to wait to see how this strategy actually plays out um before I say how good I think Flynn's gonna be. I think the next card that you're gonna talk about is probably gonna be used more often than the discard strategy of making sure it can get up to the full four lore. So yeah. So I was going to talk about on Emerald, it's three cost uninkable. It's the queen disguised peddler, two strength, three willpower. She has zero lore and her ability is a perfect disguise. Exert, choose and discard a character card. Gain lore equal to the discarded character's lore. So, I mean, this is crazy because like you said, you can have Flynn in your deck. You can exert the queen and get four lore. You can have Goofy, night for a day, exert her, get four lore. You can have Maui. Like, you can throw in these big bruisers, and if you never get to a point where you can play them, you can just exert the queen and get four lore. It's, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's such a crazy card. It's gross. I love it. It's also a solution for the cards. Like, like for the Goofy, you may never get up to nine ink. Yeah. And all of a sudden you can get that lore once for three ink. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty good trade-off because Goofy Great. could be ink. Goofy could be four lore if you get this card out. Or if the game lasts long enough and you get up to nine ink, you get that big body on the board. Exactly. It's a win-win, honestly. It's a good card. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it also, I believe this one came out today. If it wasn't today, it was yesterday. Um, but it's three cost, uninkable, steel. Thank you guys, Narlis is going. Let the storm rage on. Uh, a character with cost three or more can sing the song for free. Uh, and then the ability deal two damage to chosen character, draw a card. Steel song just got better. 
It really did. This really part, did. like this with tank. Oh man, you could take out like if you play a Tinker Bell and then you play this, you're doing three damage to someone in one turn. That's crazy, and you're getting a card out of it. Oh, there goes my Cheshire Cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they also in the leak today there was the Kronk card that is basically Tink with resist plus one. He just doesn't deal one damage across the board. But, it's... but that's just another card for steel. That's just a solid card. Mm-hmm. Why did I have to pick steel to be the one that I hate? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only precious metal in the group. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have a lot of emeralds we're going to be talking about because I want to talk about the new Cheshire Cat, the Floodborne. Eight mm-hmm. cost inkable five strength six willpower shift five so it's another one that you can play for three less than its cost uh it has evasive two lore and the ability wicked smile exert to banish chosen damaged character this is another awesome card it's so good like they took the original first chapter cheshire cat and they're like whose ability is already awesome in my opinion and they're like, how do we make it even cooler? <laughs> Here we go. And obviously he costs more, but I mean, for ability like that, you couldn't make it cost less or would just get, you know, abused, basically. <laughs> and and so there was a two-cost uh, Cheshire that was revealed as earlier as well. And I really enjoy how the art on all three was done, I think, by three different artists and yet they all flow in some way to really be thematically similar with like the missing stripes and the coloring. And I mean, it just, it's just really awesome how the art all works together on all three cards. I mean, the other thing about this card, it's an eight cost that you can shift out on turn five. You could bring the cat out next turn. You could quest for two and then you could bibbity bobbity boo it a way to get another eight cost card like Elsa out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a uh, so evil it's and yeah no one wants to attack the baby cheshire anyway because you don't want your character to get banished so like it has that going for it to begin with so you already know you're gonna get the two lore so they either have to find a way to deal with it and lose one of their characters or dragonfire or something to get it out of there or they know what's coming is gonna be even worse than what's already out there so i love it so evil these ones i'm not going to talk about the cards themselves really too much uh all right, the far all right. giant metal snake the amazing art. art amazing concept uh the cruella deville uh sapphire card uh perfectly wretched amazing art love it Beautiful card um mm-hmm. the nothing to hide card this one i do want to mention it, it's a one cost sapphire action each opponent reveals their hand draw a card on turn one you learn your opponent's game plan for the next few turns, basically, and you get to replace this card, and it's a common. This is going in every Sapphire deck, I think. That's the first time you're getting card knowledge, too, in the game. Yeah. We haven't had anything like that in the first chapter, so it's nice to see that they're starting to implement that mechanic. Yeah. I almost see it being more valuable later in the game because at the first, you, you know, you're going to be sculpting your hand for the next few turns, but... By the time you're around turn four or five, especially if you're playing against a Ruby player, 
he can take a peek at their hand and see if they have a dragon fire or be prepared and that can better inform your strategy of how you play that's why you put four of them in there because you can play it at the beginning and later in the game yeah i think so i think it's yeah it's just a really good card that's gonna allow you to do some fun things in sapphire and then the last one i wanted to mention was doc just specifically of the dwarves um i was watching uh steadfast i think a video on the dwarves and whether the whole package is going to be good and he specifically pointed out doc as being the one dwarf who probably will see play even if you don't play the other dwarves because of his ability share and share alike. Whenever this character quests, you pay one less for the next character you play this turn. Anything that can help you cheat out cards uh, mm -hmm. is going to be a great thing. And so I think this thing's going to be pretty cool. And he gets two lore when he quests, and he only costs three. So awesome card. Yeah, you don't need the other dwarves for that. He's just a good staple card to run. And, and if you really want to be bummed about uh, Amber getting more powerful cards, go look up the new Mufasa Legendary because that one's going to ruin a lot of people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up, it's time for D Disney trivia. Disney Jeopardy. Disney Jeopardy. And we already asked Alicia if she was willing to participate. And she said she was born and ready for this moment. Trained your whole life. Trained my whole life. So we got some... I don't know. We got some pretty tough questions for you. Oh, well, now I'm screwed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All the confidence has left the building. <laughs> we'll see. You'll probably ace this. Um, And we're going to start with an easy one for 100. This is the name of Goofy's son in the movie, a Goofy movie. Max. All right. Ding, 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 ding. It's, it's a lot harder from here on out. Okay. Oh, that was my appetizer. <laughs> that that was your. We 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 may be giving you some softballs, but it's only the first one. Yeah. <laughs> this is a Disney Parks question. Okay. This is the year Pirates of the Caribbean opened in Walt Disney World. Oh, in Disney World. Uh. Was it an opening day attraction? I'm gonna say 71, but I don't think it was opening day. So close. 1973 yeah did you say 73 the second time yeah okay i was between the two i was like i don't think it opened because they had a whole bunch of problems when they were building that was supposed to be like a walkthrough attraction originally then it turned into a boat ride it's a whole thing mm. it's actually very interesting in history that and the honda mansion if you're curious about park history please go read books or like articles about that fascinating Yes, I I, well, I just re uh, heard this one because I just watched the new season of Behind the Attraction on Disney oh. Plus, and one of them is about Pirates of the Caribbean. So they did mention that it wasn't open on on uh, when the park opened. I, that show like makes me cry. It's so good. All right, back on track, you guys. For <laughs> three hundred, this is the game that Kronk played when Kronk and Isma were in the jungle searching for Cusco in Disney's The Emperor's New Groove. Oh my gosh. What in the jungle? The only part I'm, I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking of Bucky with the, the the little pointer with the balloon. That's all I can think about when they're in the jungle. I don't know it. The answer is what is exotic bird bingo? Oh yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. I love that movie dearly, and I wouldn't have gotten that. I wouldn't have gotten that either. I, me neither. I haven't seen the movie in a while, so. Oh, it's it's so good. All right, for 400. 
this is Baymax's purpose slash profession in Big Hero 6. Professional healthcare. It's like professional healthcare assistant or aide or something. Mm-hmm. I know they have like a Ding, full... ding, ding, ding. I'll give you we'll that. Give that one to okay. you. Yeah. It's close enough. And like you didn't even break a sweat on that one. <laughs> All right. For 500. This is because I just rewatched this movie. This is the name of Radigan's cat in The Great Mouse Detective. I haven't seen that movie. You've never seen it? I'm, I If I have, I was very young. Okay, you need to watch it. The answer is what, or uh, yeah, what is Felicia or who is Felicia? Okay, yeah, I, I definitely. That one is on my list. I, I There is a bunch of old ones, 101 Dalmatians and stuff. I need to rewatch as an adult. It's been a long time. For research, right? Yeah. Tell Tom you need to watch these movies for research for the blog. As the old person around here, I saw that in theaters when it came out. I love that. All right, Grandpa, go touch grass. (laughs) (laughs) Just do them. Anyway, uh, Alicia, we want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us. It was a pleasure. If, again, if people want to find you, where can they find you online? Uh, so you can find us at WWNT. Um, you can also find us at the Luminary Library. That's the the podcast. We have a really cute uh, Instagram where I post pictures of the cards in the parks with like imagery that goes with them. It's it's like my passion project. It's weird. It's fun. I love it. Um, couple of events that I want to plug if I have uh, a second, if that's okay. Go so, ahead. November 18th, if you are in the Orlando area, uh, WWNT Studio is holding a casual uh, Lorcana tournament. Uh, so you can head to our website for that. It's going to be super fun. The week after, so Thanksgiving weekend, we're holding our annual Toys for Tots marathon. Um, we're going to be playing uh, a staff Lorcana tournament, which I just found out about. So I can't wait to crush all of my coworkers. I say, you um, better win. I Oh, I have to, right? Like, if I don't, I'm going to have to like, you know, wear the cone of shame or something. <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. Oh, and this is like the first time that we're talking about it, but we're going to be starting to live stream Lorcana on our Twitch account. So I'm really excited for that. Um, we've been working super hard on turning the upstairs of my house into like a professional studio at this point. It's a war zone up there, but I'm super excited and it's going to be fun. So I think that's everything. That is so cool. You have so much going on. <laughs> and uh I have I have my Twitter and we have our podcast. <laughs> Just teasing. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us, subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal and you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for my wife and I for social medias and photography and stuff. And uh, thank you again for Alicia for joining us and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live 
live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.